Welcome to Test Don't Guess, the podcast created for unlicensed health practitioners who love chatting about functional lab testing. I'm Jensen, your host. I'm a functional nutritional therapy practitioner, developer of the HTMA analysis app, and creator of the Instant HTMA Professional course. But here, I'm just your curious colleague who wants to know all about the functional lab tests that you're using, how you learn to properly interpret them, and how incorporating labs has impacted your confidence and your practice. In this season of Test Don't Guess, we're going to talk with practitioners, course creators, and lab experts to help you navigate the world of functional testing, and I am super glad you're here. Remember, this is a podcast intended for learning purposes only, and it does not provide professional legal or medical advice. So today on the podcast, I have Michael Rubino, the author of The Mold Medic, and um, I am just super impressed with what you're doing, by the way. Like, I absolutely Thank love you. hearing this because I feel like a lot of people are dealing, dealing with mold and mold-related illness, but there's a big gap between the mold remediation companies and the people that are dealing with mold-related illness. There's just a lot of questions to be had. And so it sounds like you're addressing both sides of the puzzle there. Is that right? Totally. That's exactly right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that gap is very big. And, and honestly, it's it's not it's not getting better. It's been getting worse over time. Uh, and the main reason is, is just the fact that the industry standards and th- they're outlined pretty good. Um, the main one is IICRCS 520. Um, a, you don't have people following those standards. They just claim to follow those standards. That's problem mm-hmm. number one. But even if everyone did follow those standards, there's some missing gaps in those standards just in terms of how this equates to our health. For example, you know, we have mold in our home, but that mold in our home produces toxins, it produces particles. And the standards don't really address that fact pretty, pretty well, uh, unfortunately. And so what ends up happening is even if you remediate your wall, you still have all these particles and toxins that have been inside your home all this time, that that's what you're reacting to. That's what's getting inside the body. And that's still there, right? So without addressing that aspect, you know, even if you remediate, you're still going to not feel well in your own home. Right, right. So how did you get into this line of work? Tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, my dad's been a contractor since I'm five years old. So I've been around pretty much construction my entire life. He did fire restoration as his main thing. Uh, Obviously, fires get put out with water. So there's a mold component to that. Uh, But honestly, I wasn't, you know, I never really thought of all this stuff as far as how it relates to health. I mean, you know, we know now that like arsenic and things that that happen with fires obviously can be very problematic, heavy metals exposure and things of that nature. But back then, I mean, I didn't really think much of that as a kid, uh, you know, growing up and seeing this my whole life and then kind of experiencing a Hurricane Sandy. That's when my eyes started to open because, you know, I started working for my dad back then as a kid, kind of in summers and things of that nature, uh, and then starting to go to people's homes and hear them speak about how they're not feeling well, all different kinds of symptoms. I started to see this pattern of, you know, okay, people have water damage and they're not feeling well, then they call somebody to come in and fix things. Um, and I just thought it was, it was just very, very interesting. I started to develop like a, a whole mold remediation division inside my father's company that, and, and literally in the field trying to figure out how do I pass mycotoxins? what is an ERMI, right? Because ERMI comes out in 2015 and we're trying to understand like, what is that and how do we pass that? And I just started diving into more of the science aspect because I said, well, there's something here that's missing. Um, and that's really when I started to become the person I am today who's, who's got it all figured out essentially in terms of how do we create healthy environments, 
wrote a book and that's kind of the journey that uh, that has transpired to what, what it is today. That is amazing. So it sounds like you are using certain labs to test the environment and then it, you're, you partner with doctors as well mm -hmm. to help the people with the mold related illness. Can you tell me right. more about the labs that you're using on both ends? Yeah. So love the name test. Don't guess by yeah. the way, cause that's <laughs> something that I practice pretty, pretty thoroughly. Uh, yeah, we, we work with, um, you know, EMSL is a big lab we work with, especially with the dust test, which is a product we, uh, we released, uh, just this past couple months. Um, these labs essentially are doing different types of testing, you know, air testing is, is one form of testing. You have surface testing, which is, you know, analysis through microscopy. And then we have PCR, which is what, what we utilize when we're testing dust. And all of these different tests obviously have different uh, uses and limitations. And so it's kind of putting this piece of the puzzle together in a way that's going to give us the information we need to know where the sources are, what you're being exposed to, and how do we make that better? Okay. So do you use anything? So a lot of my... Um community is familiar with like Great Plains Lab with their mm -hmm. mycotoxin test. Do you use that as well? Well, actually what I, what I love about these types of tests from my, you know, real-time labs, Great Plains, you know, they, we can actually correlate that data of what's in the body versus what's in the home. And it's just phenomenal to be able to kind of parse that together and say, well, you have high levels of ochratoxin A, and it's not surprising because you have exorbitant levels of aspergillus in your home, which produces ochratoxin A, or mm -hmm. stachybotrys, which produces trichothecenes. Um, you know, it, it's very interesting to kind of tie the, the pieces of the puzzle together and see how this relates to someone's health. And I think that's really important because without that testing information, you know, you're going in blind, you're swinging a hammer, just hoping and guessing of where things are. And that's not really the way to success. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you are working with a new client and you're doing all the testing in their home, do you just immediately refer them to a doctor that is really, you know, familiar with mold remediation from a, a body perspective too? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we refer them to hygienists if we need, we refer them to HVAC cleaning companies that are, that are vetted if we need. Uh, doctors certainly, um, you know, get recommended based upon where they're at or what their needs are. Uh, you know, certain, obviously doctors become specialists in certain things. And so you want to, you want to kind of pair people with doctors that you think are most fitted to help them. Um, and I would say a lot of people come to me already with doctors, like their doctor recommended, you know, get their house checked for mold, get it remediated, you know, properly. And the word properly, I say so carefully, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and so people kind of come to me with this mindset of, I have a problem. I know where, you know, I know I have a problem. I just need help with navigating this problem through it. So I can understand what I need to do to my home to fix this. Cause it's really hard to heal when you're living inside the problem. Exactly. Exactly. So tell me more about that remediation process. What does that look like? So um, unfortunately it's like a renovation, you know, and I think that people need to understand that, you know, uh, it is, it's going to take some re-engineering of your home, right? Something occurred inside your home that led to this opportunity for mold or bacteria to thrive. And now we have to understand by pulling things back, to, to find out what is actually happening that led to this opportunity in the first place. Because, you know, mold and bacteria, they're, they're just going to be spores uh, if you don't have water. Um, and it's once you have water, these spores become full-blown organisms, and those organisms then create more spores and toxins and things of that nature that then opportunistically enter our body. So 
we kind of have to trace the thing back all the way to what led to the opportunity in the first place that has to be corrected. Uh, then the remediation has to take place. And then of course, you know, you want to clean up and remove all these particles and toxins so that you're not continuously breathing them in. Um, it's, it's, there is a science to it. And unfortunately with a lot of this, no one has x-ray vision. So you don't really know what you're getting into until you start peeling back the layers of the onion. Uh, in this case, the onion is drywall and insulation and exposing the structure itself. Sometimes it's too much humidity. Sometimes there's leaks and you really need to identify what that problem is. And if it's not part of the process and you come in and just remediate, guess what happens? It's going to come right back because you haven't corrected the source of the, the, the root cause of the problem. So it's an, it's, it is a renovation, you know, you are finding something, you're fixing it, you know, and you're re replacing certain things that created the problem. Yeah. So this is something I've always wanted to ask a mold expert. If you were looking at buying a new home, what would you do before you signed the papers that this was your house? What would you do to make sure that it's not just like overloaded with mold? Well, I just bought a home last week. Uh, oh, so congratulations. Really easy to answer. Thank you. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, what I did was I obviously I got a home inspection like you know, most people do. Um, and part of that home inspection, I also came in and I did a mold inspection um, and I hired a third party hygienist to do a mold inspection. Um, so I had three sets of eyes on this property. Why? Because I'm a human being and, I, and it's possible I can miss something. And I want to see other people's backgrounds and perspectives on this. Uh, so when, what I, what I did and what I saw was that there was some old issues. Um, it of course ended up being more than I bargained for because it always happens that way. Um, as we, you know, as I kind of understood the cost analysis of what it's going to take to fix this, um, what it's going to take to, you know, uh, close on this house and start adding all these numbers up. Luckily in this crazy market, I was able to get a good enough deal where it all made sense. And that was, you know, I, I took me two years knowing what I know to find a place that I knew was going to make sense because, you know, at the height of the market, buying a place and having to spend money to fix things that, you know, were going to be there, um, wasn't really making a whole lot of financial sense and was going to end up, I was going to end up being underwater from day one, which is never some place you want to be in. I think that most people can relate to that. You know, it's like they're worried about buying a house, having to remediate, spending all this money, and then never seeing the value out of that, right? And you often don't get that unless you plan to stay there 30 years. Mm -hmm. uh, with that being said, you know, I knew there was going to be some problems. I had a budget. I'm probably going to be going over that budget because we found additional hidden surprises. Um, and, you know, you never can prepare for those additional surprises, but you know, um, I'm, I'm all the way in on this, you know, and, and here I am. And I just want to make sure that, you know, it's going to be safe for myself and my family. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Awesome. Well, congratulations on the new home. It sounds Thank like you. it's been quite the journey. So when you went in and did your own inspection and hired the third party, did you use like dust tests and all of that with it? Or were you, were, was everybody really looking for just, um, mold that they could see? Well, I, I love the dust test and that's why, you know, we, we developed it. But in this particular case, you know, I knew there was going to be mold there. I didn't need to test to understand if there's mold. Um, you know, we did, we, I went through the full blown inspection. Um, so that was kind of the way I had to curtail, uh, cause the dust test is a screening tool, right? It's like when you go to the doctor 
and you say, I'm not feeling well. And they do all these types of screenings to see like what's out of whack, right? In this case, I already knew things were out of whack. So it didn't make sense to screen it. I just wanted to get a full-blown inspection. You know, this particular house, the reason I got a good deal on it is because it needed a new roof, new windows. Uh, you know, the stucco was in bad shape. That all has to be redone. So that was taken into an account when they priced the house. Um, and they knew that a certain buyer that is that would be willing to do that type of work would need to come along, which happened to, to luckily be me. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that being said, I kind of knew what I was getting myself into from day one. Now, of course, you know, even knowing that, you know, you're, you're sometimes you find surprises. Yeah, absolutely. So is mold just incredibly common in all of our homes, basically? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you're going to have something. I mean, you know, sometimes it's not all sources are created equal, right? Some are going to be bigger. Some are going to be, you know, producing more. There's going to be different species present, but your, your, any home is going to have some level of mold. It's just, you know, what is that level of mold? What type of mold is it? How big of a problem is it? And is this something that, you know, is feasible to take on a practicality standpoint? I think that's really the the type of the decision-making that needs to happen in these cases, because, you know, you, you should always be prepared to invest something in fixing something of a home because you never know what you're going to get when you're buying a home. Um, but you know, you, you do want to kind of prepare yourself for that. And with my case, I did a inspection. So before I close, you know, before I closed, I knew what I was getting myself into and I had some time to back out if things would have been off the rails. Luckily, even though the house, you know, was in, I would say disrepair, like it needed work. Um, it wasn't really, I mean, even like the stuff that I found, you know, we're already, I already figured we're replacing the stucco. So on top of the stucco replacement, now we have to replace some pieces of plywood before we put the waterproofing membrane in stucco. So it's, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like it added, you know, significant costs to the mix. It adds costs that are always, you know, unfortunate, but it wasn't something that was like, you know, this is a deal breaker for me. I kind of knew going into this, what worst can a scenario would look like and made sure that it was going to make sense. Yeah. 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 Cause I've heard of people, um, quite a few people where they find out they have mold illness and they just decide to completely leave their house. Like they're like, we have to get out, but then it becomes a whole thing with the stuff that they had because they're taking all their stuff with them. And so is it true that when you've been dealing with mold in your home, that basically the only way to, re- to truly remove it is to get rid of anything porous? Or do you have a, with your remediation process, um, are you able to salvage those porous materials? You know, I, the, the problem with porous materials is that there's really no hundred percent foolproof way to get every single spore, or every single toxin out of it, you know? And the question then becomes, well, what is acceptable? Well, nobody has figured that out. And without human trials, I don't know how you really necessarily figure that out. And even with human trials, because we're all different from human being to human being, you know, it's almost impossible to really peg this down. So uh, I've had clients in the past that are like, I got this expensive couch. I'm not, not getting rid of it. I don't care what you say, you know, uh, clean it to the best of your ability and that's it. And that's worked well for them you know, but then there are other clients who are like, you keep one couch. Well, every time they're near that couch, they're having a reaction and they're calling me up and saying, what do I do? And I said, it's time to get rid of the couch. Yeah. You know, it's, so it's, you know, there, there's, there's no real wrong or right answer. Um, cause everybody's going to be different, have different health issues, have different sensitivity levels, you know, 
my philosophy is try to clean things to the best of your ability to start with, um, you know, and then see how, see how you're reacting around those things. And if, if it works great, uh, if it's hindering your health, then, you know, you know what decision you need to make. And it's a tough decision that financially people don't want to make if they don't have to, but uh, you know, it's really going to depend person to person. The good news is there's some things like EC3 laundry additive or even borax that you can use to clean your clothes. And again, for most people that works well, for some people, even after that, they're like so sensitive that they just can't, they just, they can't do it. So, you know, it's really individualized. And I think that's really important because you hear these horror stories on blogs and Facebook groups and you're, you know, that are like set everything on fire and run away, you know, <laughs> run in the opposite direction. And it's right. like, you know, maybe for some people that, that extremity is ne needed, but for most, um, I don't know that you need to go that extreme. So my job is to really look at the person that I'm working with, try to understand as much as I can about that person, and then try to give the best recommendations that I can possibly make um, within some the smallest margin of error as possible to really guide them down the right path. Okay. So if somebody is looking to do a proper remediation and they want to hire your company, are you only in certain areas of the United States or are you where, where are you located? So the company I founded is called Home Cleanse. It is a national company. It services the entire U.S. Uh, we don't have locations everywhere like some of the big box chains, um, I would say, at this current juncture. But um, we do travel. So we have different warehouses all across the U.S. And we mobilize our men um, and our equipment and materials uh, strategically throughout the U.S. to get to wherever people are located. Uh, you know, our process is three times as thorough as industry standards, right? So unfortunately, not everybody will be able to afford it because it's going to be more expensive. It just, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. uh, the other aspect right now is the fact that um, not everybody's going to see the value in going that thorough. And so there is that aspect too. Uh, we exist to help people that really not only see the value in being so thorough, but would truly need that, th that thoroughness. And I think, you know, it's always important to be upfront and honest and transparent about that because, you know, you never want to, you know, get yourself into a situation where, you know, people are looking for something and don't see the value and get upset, you know, or think things are too expensive. Um, there is a need to be thorough and the industry needs to rise to that need. Um, Truthfully, I think it's unfair that, you know, you, certain companies are not as thorough because I think everybody should be on that wavelength. There's also this unfairness of just insurance companies not want to pay for, for this thoroughness. Yeah, I so, wanted to ask you about that too. The insurance piece of this, how does that even work? You know, I would say like 90% of our clients, they uh, pay out of pocket, mm. um, you know, a subset of that, that percentage um, they do, you know, put in insurance claims or um, some of them even have to sue their insurance companies to get the coverage. You know, it's a really interesting uh, equation here because insurance companies, if you look at your insurance policy, the whole, the whole thing is basically uh, set up to say that your house will be restored to original condition. The problem is, is that there is a um, disagreement to what original condition means. Mm -hmm. For example, you'll have some scientists that say, well, yeah, when you have a water damage, right, you're going to have spores, maybe toxins that come into the home and, you know, it wouldn't be practical to remove them. Well, it's like, you can't say that it, it wouldn't be practical to remove them because 
that that goes against the original condition. Well, those spores and toxins wouldn't have been there if that leak hadn't have happened. So if we're talking about restoring things to original condition, that means removing those spores and toxins. But the insurance companies don't see it that way. They don't want to pay for that thoroughness. Right. And unfortunately, if you don't go that thorough, uh, you're likely to still feel like the mold is there because technically it is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really big part of the the problem. It's why I started this foundation called Change the Air Foundation because you know what what do I realize? I realize that accessibility to clean air is a big problem, uh, and the current industry standards are not addressing that problem and allowing people to you know pay money for things that are not actually helping them. And I think you know when I look at all of that, um, you know what do I want to do? Well, what I want to do is I want to expand quickly so that I can drive costs down so that I can at this and simultaneously so that I can lobby the government to start regulating this more. Um, so that at the end of the day, I can create a path, not only for home cleanse, the company I started, but for other companies to be able to elevate to this type of level, um, on the same level playing field. So that when you do call somebody, they actually will do the right process and actually make your your home healthy again. So mm-hmm. I think there's a very multifaceted approach to, to what I'm trying to do, um, and I'm doing it all simultaneously. But you know, the the reality of it is, it's not going to happen overnight. You know, and so mm-hmm. uh, for now, uh, you know, I'm doing the best that I can do. Um, and unfortunately, because the process is just more labor intensive, right? The costs are more more expensive from that. Um, and the alternative is, is that if we don't recoup our costs to pay our people to do things the right way, then we go out of business. So, you know, I'm stuck in between a rock and a hard place here, but I promise those listening, you know, my goal is to help and, and it's not just to make money. And, and I really think that, you know, there I'm on that path to succeed on that. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you're talking to the right community here because so many people that go down the functional nutrition pathway have, everybody has the same story that they were struggling with something. They weren't able to get help from their doctor and they went trying to figure out their own way. And this group of people understands that it's, that usually we're not going to, it's not the easy way. That's going to be the best way. Totally. And they're looking for the best option. And a lot of them are struggling with these really chronic ongoing illnesses that aren't responding to the standard treatments and they're trying to figure it out. And I think a lot of times that goes back to mold, parasites, heavy metals. Like those are like the top three things where it's, it's so systemic. Totally. And so, yeah, I think you're talking to the right community here from that perspective. Um, I mean, of course, cost is always going to be a deterrent if, if they, the money just isn't there, Um, but I appreciate your big dream and your big goal there. Um, to make this more accessible. Does HomeCleanse have any um, training programs for other companies that want to learn this much more thorough process by chance? So um, we are building a SaaS and uh, the SaaS is, for those that don't know, it stands for software service. Mm -hmm. Uh, And essentially what it is, is it's, it's, it's our own estimating software um, because you know, you, you can't train somebody if you can't train them also how to account for it. Mm. Um, so essentially what this is, is it's, it, we use it. We, I developed it for home cleanse and uh, continue to develop it so that I can commercialize it, um, you know, to be able to provide companies with the resources they need. Cause right now there's this 
other company out there that uh, for insurance companies that that essentially everybody's pushing and driving, and it it's not going to be workable to to do something thoroughly. It's it's just your smash and grab, cut out some drywall, spray some chemicals, you mm. know, that's it, right? Mm-hmm. And and in order to change the industry, we also need to get provide resources and tools. So we're building that. Um, it is it is very close to being ready to go. I mean, we use it every day. It's it's damn near perfect as it is. But there, we want to be able to provide an out the box solution of not only estimating but project management. You know, really making sure the quality control is there. So we want a whole out of box solution for folks so that remediator remediators see the value in doing things the right way, have the tools and resources to do things the right way. We built a school um, inside one of our facilities in Freehold, New Jersey. Uh, we're utilizing that to develop our boot camp training programs again internally. Um, we have been recording them, we're editing them, um, and then we'll be providing training options for folks too, so that again, we can train them on the process. And we're, you know, we're not going to create our own certification because, you know, I think that um, we want things to be a little more credible. We want another organization to pick up on what we're doing and what we're Mm -hmm. trying to do. So part of what our research and study aspect is going to be is showing people that, you know, when you go this thorough, this is the outcome of that. You have people that are feeling better. You have people that have healthier environments and putting that all together and packaging it up and selling it to the industry as this is what we should be doing. This is what is going to, to help people. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, if, if we're all doing this instead of one company, um, it's going to drive costs down. Absolutely. And if it drives costs down, it's going to help out the consumer. The insurance company is going to be more open to the idea, right? So there's a whole plan and I'm, you know, creating the pieces of the puzzle as I go along the way um, to be able to create this type of change. Uh, I hired a CEO for Home Cleanse. I'm no longer the CEO. I've stepped down as a CEO because that's a company that I feel that's established. I feel that it's on its way and I feel like it's good enough for me to now focus on more of the bigger picture. Mm, Very good. Very good. So just to wrap up here, what would you say is one of the first steps that somebody should do if they're experiencing potential mold related illness? So I think the step one is if you feel like mold is a problem, you know, tests don't guess, right? You want (laughs) to identify if mold is a problem. Um, One of the best ways to do it, I don't want to plug my own product here. So I'm just going to say dust testing technology. If you utilize dust testing technology, um, which is going to utilize PCR technology to identify what is in your home, that's a good screening tool, right? So for example, um, if you do an air test, which is, uh, we've all heard about the horror stories of air testing, I'm pretty sure, Mm -hmm. but air testing only picks up at like a three foot radius. Mm. Um, So if you're more than three foot away from wherever the source is, you're not very likely to see anything abnormal. Now, things have to be pretty bad for you to really pick it up in the center of a room. I mean, um, it's just very unlikely for most of the homes that I've seen with pretty severe mold issues, air testing showed that it was fine unless it was done in a strategic way. So the screening tool is going to help you really understand what you're being exposed to. You also can correlate it with certain medical data, right? Like Mm -hmm. if you have ochratoxin A in your system and you have aspergillus, eureka, it's definitely in my home. Um, so that's going to be really helpful for folks just as a starting point. Now, if you already done that, then you want to kind of figure out and trace it back to where is this all coming from? So for example, I have high levels of aspergillus. I see stachybotrys in a sample. I see catomium in a sample. 
you know, I'm going to say this is a water damage home, right? Stachybotrysicotomium take at least three to five days to grow. Some, some sort of systemic leak has, has occurred here. We have to now, you know, trace that back to where it's coming from. We'll recommend a hygienist at that point or, or a, you know, an inspector or consultant. There's many different words here that interchange here. Mm-hmm. Um, but that person is going to help us figure out where it's coming from. That's going to help us divulge a plan uh, to then remediate your home. Going back to the cost factor for a second, is it's important to realize that not all sources are created equal. Um, I think that's really important too, because when I'm when I'm putting together a plan for folks, I mean, you know, whether you're Gwyneth Paltrow or uh, you know just an average family man, um, I'm looking at what 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 are your sources? How much is there? What particles and toxins might that be creating? And I'm using that as a guideline to put things together because. You know, money doesn't grow on trees. Uh, you know, we all know that, and everybody has some sort of budget that they need to stay within. And helping put together that budget that's going to actually make an impact is something that I really specialize in because mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, even if they find a little bit of mold, they're going to say, "Here's how you remove that little bit of mold." Okay, well, what is that little bit of mold doing versus this lot of bit of mold over here? And I think it's really important to understand those different complexities because we have to make sure that we're not spinning our wheels and that the money that we are investing into our home is actually providing us some sort of relief or value. Mm -hmm. And then, so after, sorry, one more question for you after um, you guys go in and do the remediation, is there something that you're doing to help prevent the mold from coming back? Is that part of the process too? Absolutely. As a a matter of fact, if you don't do that, then it's worthless because it will come back, you know, and I think that's really important. So, you know, basements or crawl spaces, we're looking at, you know, what, how is, how is this mold getting in here? Is it just vapor diffusion? Meaning is the hydrostatic pressure every time it rains, just coming through the block and drying inside the, the space, raising the humidity level uh, to allow mold to grow. Okay, good. Let's combat that. Let's utilize some sort of water blocking technology on the walls. Let's dehumidify the space. Let's, mm-hmm. you know, make sure there's a vapor barrier in place, something to that effect. That's going to make sure we're controlling the, the moisture content in that space. Same thing for basements, um, you know, attics, is there enough ventilation? What's happening there? Has it been roof leaks, et cetera? We're looking at the overall picture. Cause like I said, if you don't fix from a preventative standpoint, um, and make sure it's not going to come back, it is going to come back. I mean, there's no question about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been very, very helpful, very interesting to talk with you. And I appreciate your, um, our, our shared interest in testing and not guessing, even, <laughs> even when it comes to our homes, it just, it really is so important to really truly understand what's going on and how it's affecting our bodies too. And I'm really excited to see how your, how the company grows and how this ends up changing, you know, the way that, um, the world works <laughs> with regard to mold. So I, I love the, um, the vision that you have there. And I know you're working super hard to get there. So, um, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Well, thank you so much for having me. This has been great. You know, what a great conversation we got to have today. Sorry for nerding out so much on stuff, but, uh, you know, this is, this is is the, (laughs) this is where I, where I like to live and, uh, really appreciate you having me on today. And just thank you so much for having this platform to educate others. All right, that is it for today. Thank you so much for joining. You can find me at Test Don't Guess on Instagram or testdon'tguess.org. Or you can check out the free private Facebook group called Test Don't Guess Functional Lab Chats to go ahead and continue this conversation. 
So until next time, always keep learning and stay curious. When someone sends me two HTMA tests and asks why they haven't seen much change, my first question is always, are you using Vicon? Vicon is the supplement company that I truly can't stop talking about inside our instant HTMA professional community, and here's why. With Vicon, you're able to customize a supplement blend based on your client's HTMA test, complete with the client's name printed right on the label. So no more generic solutions or piecing together massive, complicated, and expensive protocols. Practitioners love Vicon because it wipes out supplement fatigue, which leads to real, tangible results. And clients love it because it's so simple to take, whether they choose the powder or the pills. And most importantly, they're able to experience the magic of getting the right nutrients along with crucial cofactors for their body. All you have to do as the practitioner is choose a base formula, Customize it using over 25 different properly sourced options like extra potassium or liver support. And you can even whip up a custom prenatal or support breastfeeding moms. The possibilities are truly endless. And then just to make sure that the blend is perfect, you can always set up a quick consult with the amazing Vicon team and they are happy to help. So if you're ready to revolutionize your approach to supplementation, grab our free Vicon guide and sign up for your own free Vicon account and let them know that you heard about it from Test Don't Guess. Check out the link in the show notes to get started.